It's my great pleasure to be speaking today to Lionel Tuso, a specialist in medtech software solutions with an expert knowledge of Europe's medical devices database, Udemed. Udemed is a cornerstone of the EU medtech regulatory system and is currently being updated. Lionel, we're aware of the latest timelines by which the European Commission now plans to have the various modules of Udemed ready, tested and launched. How has the sector reacted to the latest deadlines, given the adoption in March this year of the amending regulation to the medical device regulation, particularly given that that document, the amending regulation, also contains a list of new deadlines? Because those dates are very complex and you have lots of if and caveats and so on, lots of people don't understand them. And the amendment, for instance, on the extension of the certificates for legacy devices under certain conditions, sometimes people just understood that like, oh, then UDAMED will be postponed until 27 or 28, which is completely wrong, as we know. But I think it's important to reemphasize that Whatever happens for the moment, the manufacturers should understand that they don't want to be the weakest link and they should be prepared for worst case scenario, which is the deadlines stay as they are and are met by the European Commission and shouldn't start playing with guesses and say, well, maybe it will be expanded by another six months or whatever. It's a very risky game. It sounds it. So what will happen if there are any delays, including any delays to individual modules? There has always been the confirmation by the European Commission that they will not change the law, which says that all modules, it's a big bang, all modules together become mandatory at European level. We know that at member state level, it is already different today. But at European level, I see no sign to change this fundamental principle in the, in the regulation. Okay. So everything gets delayed or nothing, I would say, for the moment. We have already three modules which are available in production, voluntary basis. Exactly, but on a voluntary basis, yes. And because the vigilance module is much more sensitive, together with the clinical investigation, it's been said by the European Commission that there is no plan to put them in production in a voluntary mode. So the day when it will become in production, it will be mandatory on the same day, hopefully a weekend. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Hopefully on Monday. Um, but I think there is a very clear desire from both, I, I would expect, the, the member states and the European Commission not to have two different vigilance processes running in parallel for any period of time. Both modules, clinical investigation and vigilance, are already available in test in the playground. That will obviously remain, but I don't expect them to become live in production before the official deadline, which would be everything is now fully operational and there has been the six month period. So today we have to be very clear, production will not start earliest, I would say, before end of 24 for those two modules anyway. You can only play in in test. One thing also maybe to remember, the, the audit will be made on a kind of a frozen version of Udamed after this famous Q4 release, which means in parallel, Udemed will keep being updated with more quarterly releases. So there will be a difference between the modules in playground and potentially in production for UDI and actor and certificate and the modules that will be used by the auditors. Would you just like to explain playgrounds, please, Lionel? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sure, sure. 
Uh, it's just the jargon of the European Commission, actually. Uh, playground is the test environment. So modules get released in the test and where manufacturers and any actor uh, can also play, I would say that's why it's a playground, okay. <laughs> can test themselves with this module, with their own data, which any kind of data they want to use for that, but it's just, is completely disconnected from what is official. For instance, you wouldn't have access in the public website to what is entered in the playground. It really remains uh, only for internal testing purposes for the actors. Therefore, the, that's in um, the difference with this production module, which is really the live one, which is also feeding the official website of, uh, of Udemed. And um, we've touched on legacy products earlier, but will the extensions to deadlines for legacy products that are contained in the MDR and IVDR amending regulations impact the deadlines for manufacturers in terms of needing to input their information into the Udemed modules and especially uh, given vigilance responsibilities for these products? And if so, how? Yeah, and actually you had a good paper on, on this one, uh, I, um, I will add. Um, Thank you. I would say, the, if anything, there will be much more legacy devices which will have to be registered. So it's a question of uh, amount of, uh, of devices, as long as there is not a regula uh, regulation device which uh, supersedes them. And I would say that from a, a manufacturer perspective, apart from the vigilance uh, aspect, but in the... Um, they have to uh, realize that the data model is slightly different, but for legacy device and regulation devices, there is more information, for instance, or especially for certificate information. So obviously for regulation devices, it is the responsibility of the notified body to upload the information. But here, since notified bodies are not involved, then the certificate information has to be updated or entered by the manufacturer. Normally, they are non-editable fields, which make them some de facto triggers. It's not written in the regulation that they are UDI triggers, but they become what I call de facto triggers when you cannot touch them in the UDI module. Why do I say that? In particular, because of the date of certificates, which has to be entered and cannot be modified in UDAMED. And with the amendment, there is, as we know, a difference between the certificate date and the real date. So now there has been all this work to create this new template which manufacturers will be able um, to, to use. But the question is also how to reflect that in UDAMED. And that's also something where we need more uh, clarifications from the European Commission to make sure that the, at the end, accurate information and meaningful information is available in UDAMED also for legacy devices. So a bit more action to do here from a, also a fine-tuning technical perspective at uh, the UDAMED level. Yeah, some quite complex arrangements that now have to be put in place as a result of those amending regulations. So when we talk about the system being launched, what does this actually mean to competent authorities, notified bodies and manufacturers in a nutshell? What is your advice about how they should be preparing now? So um, are you speaking here of them being launched in production like after the, the official uh, notice? Yes, I am. Right. Yes. What steps should they be taking to prepare? Well, 
I would say UDI is different of the on the different actors. I would say definitely for the manufacturers and the, the notified bodies. I mean, the notified bodies they already uh, are testing the, the tool. Uh, there are not that many, um, and they're quite involved also with their association. But the manufacturers. How many notified bodies are involved in the testing? Do you know? I, I, no, I wouldn't know exactly. But they have also their. Of like Team NB and so on, uh, yes. representatives who feed the them. Uh, yes. in, yeah, exactly. The associations who feed them with the results. So I would expect that all of them, one way or the other, are covered in reality. But in terms of manufacturers, you see plenty of actors uh, being registered, like over 20,000. So I think that's uh, that's a very good sign. It was said at some point of time there were 25,000 manufacturers selling into Europe uh, a few years ago. So 20,000 marketing their products in Europe. Yes. Yeah. So 20,000 Lego manufacturers is already a good number. Uh, okay, some manufacturers have several uh, SRNs, obviously, but it's still a, a good number, I would say. SRNs um, being single registration numbers. Yeah. So the uh, unique identification of a of a Lego manufacturer. But in terms of uh, UDIs, definitely there is not enough manufacturers who are uh, who are testing. And uh, the advice for them would be really to test as early as possible because it's by far the most complex regulation in the world for UDI yes. registration. For UDI yes. regulation and right. UDI registration, you only understand the, the complexity of it when you start really testing. So that's one of the key things. Now, I would say also test all modules. Uh, so UDI, vigilance and clinical investigation. The concern I would have is that, especially for vigilance, it will be a big bang. Um, yeah. So you will have to be completely ready for the D-Day. It's not like UDI where you have, okay, after the D-Day, you still have time and so on. Uh, hopefully, if you don't have a vigilance issue or an SSCP. But the, the vigilance, um, don't think there are many companies testing it. So that is... actually seems surprising, um, yeah. given that there have been a lot of warnings about the need to make vigilance reports almost ahead of the vigilance system being completely ready. But I don't see much. Um, I mean, the, the usual suspects are, of course, involved, but that's where not enough. Yes. So companies should really wake up for vigilance, uh, also um, for clinical investigation. And it, it should be... Uh, important to understand that the, to make sure that there will be enough support also from the European Commission perspective, the help desk for the DE day, everything will be, I mean, those two modules will become fully mandatory without having been in production. So the, um, there is in a way less latitude to, to test than you, you have had for the for UDA modules. Notified bodies, I, as I said, they are already involved, I would say. That's the, they're following that obviously, of course, very, uh, very closely. Um, so I think it's more, it's safer on their side. Uh, I mean, they are confronted with the limitations of the MVP, like every actor is, uh, but there is not much we can do about that anyway. So MVP is the minimum viable product. Um, it's a technical world. Uh, it's not jargon from the European Commission, it's jargon from the IT world this time. Um, and it means that when you deliver a solution, uh, to users, it's a version which is viable, so it can be used really what we say in what we call in production, but it's with a minimum of functionalities. So obviously it will be then uh, improved in in the future, but 
a number of key functionalities would normally be missing in a status of minimum viable product. For instance, for the notified body, the fact that they cannot upload machine to machine uh, certificates is certainly not uh, um, not a great thing. And there are similar issues with uh, with all actors, I would say. Um, so that's um, that's how Udamed has been developed due to uh, the complexity to develop and the time pressure. And in order to cope with the deadlines we mentioned and this uh, audit deadline, then the function specifications, which will be the legal basis for the for the audit, had to uh, focus on what was really absolutely fundamental as a functionality and certainly nothing like nice to have. What about the difference in small to medium sized manufacturers getting prepared for this and large manufacturers who obviously have the in-house expertise to assist them? That's uh, it's parallel to the, I would say, the bottleneck to get um, regulatory affairs experts available, which is mandated by law. <laughs> so yes. that's, um, that's a difficult topic. I mean, obviously, the SMEs, they don't have the, all the resources they need, neither IT nor regulatory, uh, to really do that very smoothly. I wouldn't say it's easy for the large manufacturers because of their intrinsic complexity in addition. Of and yes. they are very uh, complex portfolios and so on. So it's it's tough for everybody, but for different reasons. Um, here it's really about even if you have only a, a couple of devices, understand really what needs to be done. And when you look at Udemed, the website, there is not really I mean, the Udemed itself. There is not really some uh, quality checks implemented because that's an MVP. Yes. So you may enter data and you will succeed. The device will be registered. And you will have no way to know that you're not compliant because Udemed will not tell you the data are wrong. Uh, so in a way, you would need to wait for the audit to realize that what you did was wrong because you did not understand exactly the complexity uh, of the of the data model of Udemed. So it's very concerning. It's also there has been lots of improvements in the documentation available on the European Commission website, and there has been also some uh, improvements in the in the help desk itself. But it's still very difficult to navigate in the information. If you just think of the MDCG guidelines, I mean, it will be hundreds of pages today to go through. And you just add a new guideline, but you never supersede another one or even part of another of a, an older um, MDCG guideline. So it's extremely difficult in reality to know uh, what you have to do to be, as I said, uh, compliant. So for the local companies, um, yeah, obviously they need support. I mean, I would say fake news, not that people want to to give wrong information on the Internet. Of course not, not, not on such a topic. But if you try to simplify, often it's not really uh, accurate anymore. And because it's complex, people may be mistaken and share things on, on Internet which are not correct. So it, it's difficult. So there are some trusted uh, source of information, trade associations, for sure, issuing agencies. I would say some newsletters. I trust myself. I Hopefully ours. <laughs> no, yours. I, I have to say it's uh, it's quite uh, quite uh, impressive. But people need help. They cannot do. It's not possible to cope just internally and to to rely on your own forces. And in all fairness, that's also what do the the largest manufacturers and the pioneers. They collaborate a lot together within trade associations and in other groupments to to make sure that they have a correct understanding of the regulation and correct understanding of what they have to do. 
That's also the role, obviously, of the, the solution providers. You, you have to be careful that there is a strong basis of uh, expertise and, um, and knowledge. Of course. And finally, are there any other key points that you believe are critical to know at this stage? I would say keep tuned because it's changing uh, regularly. Uh, so it's never a boring topic and uh, it's incredible. Uh, myself, I run user groups for my customers every six weeks. And the great thing is that I never have to think, okay, I might be able to fill the agenda next time because regulators do it for me. They always have new ideas. But on a serious note, yes, uh, people have to stay tuned because it's really changing. You learn by doing. So they have really yes. to, to use the uh, to use Udemed. And uh, another recommendation I often give that depending on your portfolio and where you sell outside of Europe, if you sell to Switzerland, if you sell to the to the UK uh, or at least Great Britain, uh, since Northern Ireland is covered by uh, MDR and AVDR, but Great Britain, yes. if you sell to the US, if you sell to other countries outside of, uh, of Europe, then it's important to have a, a compliance strategy, which can leverage what you're doing, which is scalable, and can leverage yes. what you're doing for those different jurisdictions. The European regulation is really unique. Switzerland tries to follow it as much as possible, at least for the UDI registration and uh, and the actor registration. We're not sure yet what will be the, the status of the UK um, UDI regulation, which will come. Um, but it's important to, to keep in mind the overall, the, the big picture and not have a project which is looking just on Udemed because it's complex. Of course. Well, it's been a real pleasure catching up with you. It's a fascinating topic and maybe not six weekly, but if we could touch base <laughs> again on this, so that would be really interesting, maybe in three to six months time. Sure, Amanda, it would be a pleasure for me. And uh, yeah, it's really it's really a fascinating topic, as you said. It has so much new things. And the great thing, you know, from it is that it gives opportunity to people to collaborate uh, a lot with each other. And I think that it was not a benefit expected from the regulation when it was created by the regulators, I would expect. But I think it's one of the strongest benefits for the people from a human perspective. And that I really enjoy a lot. Uh, that's a really interesting perspective to put on it. Yes, keeps us <laughs> all talking. Amanda. Thanks a lot. Okay, well, thank you, Lionel.